0: If you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Acts chapter 1. The pastors are starting a series on Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or days the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem Who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven? May God bless His words.:
1: Amen, thanks so much, Shiva.: Well, good morning, and welcome to church this morning. It's great to have you with you, and uh, it's a great honor uh, to be able to bring you God's word this morning. Um, who loves technology? Three people, praise God. Well, I am very, very thankful for technology this morning because I was sitting down there and I felt prompted to uh, just review the end of my message and behold, it's not there. Um, So (laughs) I just raced outside and phoned my wife and said, email it. And uh, look at that, I've got it right here now. So... uh, Oh dear, the things that happen, eh? Uh, So as you heard, we are commencing a series in Acts And, and as we look at Acts, we need to keep in mind that it is a book that was written by Luke and it really follows on from what he has said in the Gospel of Luke. So we'll be pointing back to a little bit of that because it's quite relevant to where we're going. But when you hear that we're doing a series on Acts, we're actually looking at Acts through the looking glass of being God's chosen instruments. There you go, I'm flustered, I haven't got things turned on. That was my fault, not the back fault. So so we're looking at Acts and we're looking at what happens with the disciples and how Holy Spirit works through them uh, with a view of being God's chosen instruments because the disciples were God's chosen instruments and we believe we are God's chosen instruments in this day and age as well. So When we look at the book of Acts, we could say that the book of Acts in its entirety is summed up in one verse. And that's verse 8 that we've had read to us this morning. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Many call Acts. The Acts of the Apostles. And although that's not wrong, I actually prefer to think of it as the Acts of Holy Spirit, because this is when Holy Spirit was released upon man in a way he never had been before. And the apostles, the disciples were able to act. Indeed, all believers are able to act in a way we never would without the empowering presence of Holy Spirit. So everything we read in Acts is because of the empowering presence of Holy Spirit in, with, and among the disciples in that day and age. And so the Holy Spirit, in the most basic terms, his role, task and job is to point to Jesus. He wants everyone to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. And that is his role and task. Of course, he encourages, he comforts, he guides, he's present with us. But he is always constantly pointing to Jesus. He never elevates himself above Jesus or God the Father. They work in perfect harmony. And he constantly points to Jesus. We need to keep that in mind as well. And so with that in mind, we see that when Jesus ascended into glory, his work didn't stop. It simply changed. And so Holy Spirit continues the work of Jesus in this day and age. It affirms for us that our Lord is not dead. He is a risen Lord. He is alive. He is present in glory, sitting at God's right hand, instructing Holy Spirit on what he should be doing and where he should be going, who he should be working with. And so Acts becomes this incredible historical account, this incredible record of the continuing work and ministry of Jesus Christ. He's alive. And he ministers to us now through the power of Holy Spirit. Jesus, again, is sitting in the right hand, at the right hand of God in glory. And through Holy Spirit leads, guides, and instructs us. His church, speaking of his church corporately, as we gather, as one people, globally, but also individually. He's interested in us individually as people and as part of his church. And uh, I, I just want to mention something because it's something that comes up every now and then. You've all heard me say Holy Spirit rather than the Holy Spirit. I know it bugs some of you. I'm sorry about that. But uh, if you go back to the original text, the thee isn't there. You, you're not going to hear me say, you must say Holy Spirit, though. That's just not going to happen. But for me, I believe Holy Spirit is the name of the Spirit of God. So you'll hear me say, the Spirit of God. But there's only one person I ever introduce with a thee in front, and that is, of course, the Pastor Daniels, the, the Pastor Darrell. Yeah. So no one else. I I don't introduce anyone else with a V in front except for Daryl. So um, when it comes to Holy Spirit, I believe Holy Spirit is his name. So I'll always call him Holy Spirit. If you call him the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to go do what you're comfortable with. So as we move through Acts, we'll be reading the first hand account of all Holy Spirit did. In through and around the disciples. And let's face it, some of this stuff is incredible. Some of this stuff is amazing. Some of this stuff is difficult for us to fathom and believe because we haven't seen miracles performed like this. Well, most of us haven't seen miracles performed like this. And the incredible thing is, in this one book, we have first-hand accounts of thousands of people coming to faith. Faith. And when we think about that, when we think about what happened in the book of Acts, shouldn't we desire that? Shouldn't we desire to live as these men live? Shouldn't we desire to be submitted as the disciples were submitted so we likewise see thousands come to faith as well? Do you believe the same Holy Spirit that was with them is the same Holy Spirit who was with us? The same work Holy Spirit carried out in that day is the same work he can carry out today. I think he is. And I think the miracles that were performed then can be performed again. I believe the same Holy Spirit who empowered, instructed, and equipped and guided the believers then is the same Holy Spirit who indwells me, who indwells you. And they were God's chosen instruments. And we are God's chosen instruments. We have both received the same power to act. Let's pause and pray. Lord, I want to thank you so much for the gift of Holy Spirit, your promise to us. That when we believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, you won't leave us on our own. You you give us Holy Spirit. And he comes and indwells us and he instructs, he comforts, he guides, he reveals your scripture to us. He initially revealed the truth of Jesus Christ to each of us. And Lord, I just pray that we'll be found in that place where we want to know you more we want to love you more we want to release more of ourselves to Holy Spirit so Holy Spirit can do great and mighty things but Lord as we read and go through this word this morning I ask for your wisdom and guidance I ask that you will open our hearts and minds to hear from you and I ask that we will act upon that word in Jesus name amen When we think about the power to act as in from Holy Spirit, uh, I hope that you think about the fact that his power is unquenchable. It's unstoppable. Uh, There's nothing that can oppose or stand against Holy Spirit. And, and I know that some of us get a little bit nervous when we talk about Holy Spirit. Uh, when I was growing up in the regional areas of central Queensland, we have all these evangelists come through and the primary focus was on Holy Spirit and receiving Holy Spirit and being baptised by Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and all these miraculous things happening. The focus was very, very rarely on Jesus And as I said before, Holy Spirit's role is not to elevate himself. He's not to elevate the miraculous. His role is to elevate Jesus. He wants people to know Jesus. And and so when we speak about Holy Spirit, that's what we want him to do. Don't hear me saying that Holy Spirit can't do great things in your lives. He can. But it's always to honour Christ. Always. And and, and so we have to keep that in mind. And so if, if you don't think Holy Spirit can do what he did back with the disciples. If you don't think Holy Spirit is all powerful and able to do great and mighty things, I wonder if we're talking about the same Holy Spirit because that's who the Holy Spirit of Scripture is. And Jesus said to his disciples um, back in John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the father so so how is this possible how is it the people can do greater works than what Jesus did when Jesus is gone and the simple answer is because of Holy Spirit it is through the indwelling of Holy Spirit that we see the miracles that the disciples were able to do being done and What is clear in scripture is Holy Spirit is given to each and every believer. He dwells in each one of us who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is Holy Spirit who first revealed the reality of Christ to us. It is Holy Spirit who leads us to that point of humbling ourselves before Jesus. And if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have repented of sin, if you have trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, Holy Spirit dwells in you. I believe Holy Spirit is a being. He is not a force. Um, He is the third being in the the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as such, you can't have a part of him. You either have him or you don't. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, you get Holy Spirit, full stop. The difficulties and problems we face, the different experiences that we have throughout life, is because we're not releasing ourselves fully to him we're not fully submitted to him and and our experience with holy spirit is one that should get closer and closer and closer and i was surprised by some of the illustrations and examples that i found as i went through preparing this and and i love this one that uh, came from martin lloyd jones I'm going to paraphrase it, I don't want to read it out to you, so I'll paraphrase what he said. Walking with Holy Spirit is like being a child holding your father's hand. You have those moments when you're just comfortable with him, you're walking down the street hand in hand, you know he's there with you, you know he's protecting, you know that he's guiding you on that walk, but you're just happy to be there. There's no shouting out in joy. There's no celebration. It's just this real comfort in walking with Holy Spirit, walking with the Father. But then there's moments when he startles us and he sweeps the child up off his feet and he snuggles in and he, you know, kisses your neck and things like that. And then he pushes you back and says, I'm so glad you're mine. And he puts you back on the ground and he walks with you it's a beautiful illustration isn't it but they're the spiritual highs and lows we have as we walk with holy spirit and that's the way martin says it he he says you know he looks into your eyes and he says i am so glad you're mine he expresses this incredible love for you and this compassion and care for you and so when we give our lives to holy spirit we are clothed in power from on high that's what it's like to be covered in the holy spirit I'm going to tell you, I've never had that experience with an earthly father. I've never experienced that joy or anything like that. But I'm learning more and more about what it's like to have that from our heavenly father and from Holy Spirit himself. When I'm aware of Holy Spirit, my doubts, my fears, my reservations all fade away. I find myself in a place where he reveals to me afresh that God loves me, that God accepts me that God values me just as I am and this is true for all of us we can experience the power and presence of Holy Spirit in our lives but how does that happen first and foremost I believe we have to be submitted this is submission to Jesus and all that he commands remember Matthew 28 As disciples, we teach and instruct to follow Jesus' commands and all that he said. And so... When we talk about submission, we're talking about an act of our will to accept all that Jesus says and teaches as the roadmap for our lives. And I want you to think about the disciples that are in this account. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, Jesus had spent three years with these guys. They got to know each other pretty intimately. and, and then Jesus was killed and at that time they didn't really understand what was going on with Jesus they didn't really understand who Jesus was and so when he is resurrected when he arises and before he ascends Jesus has 40 days with his disciples what do you think he was doing during those 40 days I think there's a few hints here that we can actually see what Jesus was doing before he was taken up And so Jesus was explaining to them things that they didn't fully understand. He wanted them to understand and follow everything that he commanded, uh, which is quite clear there. And all he had said in order for them to live in a manner that reflected their commitment and submission to him. But he also presented himself to them through many proofs. And it's the many proofs which is very interesting. I believe these proofs were Jesus eating with them, Jesus speaking with them, Jesus teaching them, Jesus allowing them to touch him. I believe those things are very basic things. But you imagine, here's this guy you know was dead. And within your own mind, it's impossible that he's standing before you once more. And so Jesus allowed all these basic things to occur in order for it to be established within the disciples' mind that Jesus was living. He wasn't an apparition. He wasn't a vision. It was truly Jesus who was standing before them. He wanted them to know that he was alive. He wanted them to know that he is the risen saviour, not a dead man. But there were other proofs as well. There were other things that happened. The disciples were called first and foremost to be Jesus' witnesses in Jerusalem. They would be speaking to those who knew scripture, those who knew the Old Testament very, very well. And those who hadn't believed in Jesus were still waiting for the promised Messiah. And so Jesus revealed to them exactly who he was. And when we think about who it was back in Matthew 24, 44 and 45, he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of moses and the prophets and psalms must be fulfilled then he opened their minds to understand scripture jesus took this 40 days to take them back to the old testament and say see all this stuff this is about me this is me that they are talking about this is why it is me the life death resurrection and ascension of jesus were all written about long before jesus was born long before he was born and his life, death, and resurrection fulfilled over 300 prophecies in these historical writings. Mathematicians would call it impossible. And yet it's true. When we didn't know God, for most of us, our preference was to stay like that without knowing. But for anyone who questions or dares to test the reality of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and ascension, they will find that the Holy Spirit will make Jesus real to them. He will reveal the absolute truth of Jesus. All he did, all he said, and all he continues to do. And the disciples had this incredible teaching, this blessed time with Jesus, this 40 days before he ascended. And now they have all this knowledge, What are they to do? It's incredible when you sit with people who are first learning about Jesus and they learn about uh, him, they learn about um, something in scripture that they hadn't found before. And the first thing they want to do is go and tell someone. They're so excited about it. They just want to speak this knowledge to someone else. But Jesus says to these guys, wait. They are to continue in submission to him. They are to wait upon his promptings and Luke 24:49 says they're told to wait in the city until they're clothed in power from on high when Holy Spirit came on them and on us they were empowered for the work that they were to do And what Jesus said in Luke 24 is emphasised in our reading today in verses 4 and 5. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And Jesus reiterates the promise of Holy Spirit, the promise that had already been given, and he gives specific instructions for the disciples to stay in Jerusalem until they receive that promise. The call and work that Jesus had called the disciples to do can only be successful if Holy Spirit is with them, if Holy Spirit indwells them. It is Holy Spirit who empowered and equipped the disciples for this incredible task. Real power came upon the disciples on the day of Pentecost. We'll hear more about that in the future. It wasn't something they could do or control. It was something that was controlled by God, something that was released by God, something that was sent by God. It was a gift for them and it is a gift for all believers we will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Do you believe this? Yeah? I want you to think about Peter. 53 days before Pentecost, he was sniveling and cowering and denying he ever knew Jesus. On the day of Pentecost, he boldly stood before potentially the same crowd that had called for Jesus' crucifixion. And he didn't pull any punches. And because of the boldness of his message, the message he proclaimed before those people, 3,000, came to faith that very day. Jesus' uneducated disciples were given the power to confront those in religious authority, those in political authority, those in military authority. And we don't see them shy away again. These were men and women who were bold in their convictions, unafraid to proclaim the truth of Jesus, unafraid of the persecution they may face or what man could say or do to them. They had received the power to proclaim the greatness of God. What they said was convincing Because the lives they lived backed up what they said. They had obviously been transformed. They had obviously been changed. They had gone from being weak believers into being willing witnesses. God's purpose then and his purpose now is the same. It has never changed and it never will until the day he returns. And we are taken to be with him. His call for the disciples and his call for the church is for us to be witnesses, as we saw in verse 8. When Jesus speaks to his disciples about being witnesses, he's calling them to tell others about what they have seen, what they have learnt, and what they have experienced in Jesus. But their witness isn't limited to what they say about Jesus. Again, it's their very lives uh, as followers of Christ that people see and are impacted by. when people look upon how the disciples live they don't see a cult they don't see a group of people who've been led astray by the best scam in the world they see loving, compassionate gracious, forgiving people just as the Lord they worship is loving, gracious compassionate and forgiving that's the God scripture speaks of that's the followers of Christ scripture speaks of He's moved them so much that they are submitted to him, willing to obey all he has said, all he has commanded. And it's clear because they're living it. Their lives have been totally transformed and changed. They genuinely care about everyone they come into contact with. And that's evident through the book of Acts. And it's not for their own personal benefit or gain. How often do we do that where we like someone or we treat someone well because they've got something we would like or there's something we'd like in return from them or we hope there'll be something in return? But these guys are not like that. They love in a way that shows genuine compassion, real concern. They really do care and their greatest desire is not just that these people will be healed not just that these people will be lifted from poverty not just that these people will know a better way of life their real desire is that these people will be present with them in glory that these people will know the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and so they never miss an opportunity to speak about Jesus when they can and think about these guys too if we were to sit down and ask them wow why are you like you are how can you do that how can you just walk up to someone and talk about jesus They'd say are you kidding he's transformed my life how can i not talk about him he has shown me a way where i can have life eternal with him how can i not talk about him he's shown me how i can be saved from the consequences of my sin how can i not talk about him He's made such a difference in their lives that they can't stop thanking him. And that thanks overflows into their everyday life. It overflows into their everyday conversations. And so they can't stop telling people about it. Sometimes it just slips out because they just love Jesus so much and they appreciate all that he's done for them. Can I ask you, who do you want to be? Do you want to be like Peter before Christ's death? sort of hanging out you know getting a few of the religious things right following along as he should or do you want to be like the peter of acts the peter who's empowered the peter who is in who's transformed the peter who is so bold he'll talk to anyone about jesus a follower unafraid of anyone or anything willing to tell anyone and everyone about jesus and all that he's done is that where you want to be Because I tell you, that's where I want to be. I want to be like that. It's interesting, another one of the um, accounts that I read, a guy called Herbert Jackson uh, in a seminary missions class. Herbert Jackson told how, He was a new missionary, and as a new missionary, he was assigned this car, but this car had a bit of a problem. It wouldn't start unless you push-started it. Uh, All you people who've got automatics wouldn't understand this, but uh, this is one of the ways I won my wife over too. You should ask her about it one day. But you can push-start a manual car. You don't actually need the battery power to start the car, so you can clutch start the car. And so they had this problem, And, and, and so Herbert Jackson decided what he was going to do. He was going to go to the school first thing in the morning and get a few students out, and he went and spoke to the principal, and those students would help him push-start the car and then after that he would park the car either on a hill or he would leave the motor running, very trusting, isn't he? And so he was able to go about his work with no further problems for the rest of the day. Obviously he was a good driver because he never stalled this car, not that we know of anyway. And so he went to the school and the principal was very happy to help him in that and he did this for two years, two whole years. And then suddenly he got ill and he had to um, leave the missionary, uh, leave the mission field. And and so another missionary came to the station. And and so Herbert Jackson described to the missionary how he worked with this car that had this obvious problem. And as Herbert's speaking to the new missionary, the new missionary popped the bonnet and said, I actually think the problem is this loose wire. And so he actually tightened that wire on the battery terminal. Jumped in the car, cranked the car over, and it started beautifully. The power was there all the time. It's always there. It's the connection that's the problem, yeah? For two years, this guy (laughs) had those poor kids build up their muscles, pushed out in the car. But the power was there. Maybe Phillips paraphrases Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, how tremendous is the power available to us who believe in God when we make our firm connection with God, his life and power flows through us. When we think about the disciples, they were not educated men. In fact, it was one of the things that astounded the religious leaders of the day, that these guys were mostly just fishermen. But they received Holy Spirit. They received power. They received wisdom. They received ability. They received boldness. They received strength. In fact, they received everything they needed in order to do what God had called them to do in their lives. We have the same call. If we all take a deep breath and think this through, I believe that for all of us who are genuine followers of Jesus, we have a heart to see others brought into the kingdom. But I think it scares us senseless sometimes. How are we to do it? What are we supposed to do? Some of us are so afraid. Some of us don't know how to change where we are. Some of us just don't think we're capable. So we, as a leadership, are working on helping you to get this right, to help you understand God's call upon your life and what he desires you to do, and then to help train and equip you. You've heard about the power of presence that we're going to be doing soon. You've heard about Alpha, and we encourage you, if you've never done an Alpha course, please come along. We're not going to think anything less of you. What it does, it allows you to see what Alpha's about. And it allows you to know, so you're much more comfortable inviting friends to come along. So if you're coming along, why don't you bring a friend with you and just say, hey, I'm going. I don't even know what this is about. Why don't you come with me and enjoy it? Uh, We'd love to train you as much as we can. Pastor Darrell is doing a Bible study Saturday mornings. And just spending time around God's Word, learning from it. And uh, we intend to do more and more of this. So we're helping... You guys get that connection right. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have everything you need to be a conqueror. You have everything you need to be an overcomer. You have everything you need to be a bold witness. Just like the disciples were. So first and foremost, you have the scriptures. That's God's word. And he reveals his plans and purposes to you. Are you reading it daily? Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you, you, you should be. You should daily read his word. You should come to understand his commands. You should come to understand what he's saying uh, to you and through you. It's going to take some work though. Because sometimes it's really hard to engage with God's word, so I ask you to persevere. I ask you to commit seven minutes a day. If you're not reading every day, seven minutes a day just to read a bit of Scripture, and then gradually allow that to get longer. Because as in both work, we should pray to God too, and we should pray to Him all the time. But let's start with daily. When you sit down with the word, just ask God, reveal your truth to me through your words, Lord. Help me to engage with this. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to respond what you're saying to me. And so you pray individually, but um, part of growing in faith, part of growing together is fellowshipping together. And you come here on a Sunday, which is fantastic. Don't ever hear me say that this is a bad thing. This is actually good. But we should be fellowshipping in other ways as well. We should grow in faith with each other. We should be part of a connect group. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a sign up for new connect groups. Uh, And I'm really excited about kicking some more connect groups off. So we're finishing our volunteer sign up today and we're doing connect group sign up next week. Who's excited? All right, so we've got extra six people. That's another connect group. That's sweet. So, But guys, we want to get you involved in a connect group. Why? Because you do life with these people. There's absolutely no way we can know what's going on in everyone's life here. But you do life with those people in that connect group. They earnestly pray for you. They care for you. They have compassion towards you. Wait a tick. This sounds like the disciples stuff and Holy Spirit stuff. But that's where it happens. Seriously. And we've seen some great and mighty things happen in our connect groups. You need to be involved in that. You need to be involved in corporate prayer. We want to see great and mighty things happen, not just for me, not just for us as individuals, but we want to see it happen for SDBC. And in order for it to happen, we need to be on our knees before God. And we need to do that together as a people of God. And again, I just love the small group that meets for corporate prayer at the moment. We, we share so many incredible stories about the things that God's doing, the answers to prayer. And it is such a blessing to be a part of that. So uh, please get involved in our prayer ministry as well. I also believe each of us needs to be serving others. Uh, I believe the power of Holy Spirit is unleashed uh, when we serve others and, and we take opportunity to be servants to each other and uh, as I say we have the last day of our volunteers sign up what a blessing it would be if that board was full uh, and guys I know there's so many of us who think we're inadequate there's so many of us who think we can't do it and we're not here to judge or criticize we're here to encourage and build up and strengthen and if you put your name on that volunteers board we're going to encourage you to do your best in those roles and we want to see you serving but as you serve others as you start growing and stretching yourself this joy just grows inside you there's just this transformation that occurs as you work with others and see God's hand and, and all that he's doing I think for the most part we are genuinely concerned for God's kingdom for seeing it grow here at SDBC but also to see it grow in the community around us And so our call this year is to be concerned for all people in all walks of life that you come into contact with. That's in your office, at your uni, at your school, at your workplace, in your neighbourhoods, at your sporting clubs, in the legal office, in the surgery, in the shed or out landscaping, whatever it is, wherever you are each and every day, those people you come into contact with, we want you to have an influence upon them. We want you to be willingly talking about Jesus when the opportunity arises. And I believe that's our call. That's our mandate. There is nothing else. Go and make disciples of all men, all nations. Baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all that I command. And I will be with you always. He's with us. He will strengthen us. He will empower us. He will equip us to do all that we need to do. I'm going to ask you to do something we don't often do I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads I I don't want you looking around at the congregation I don't want you looking around at the people around you so if that's just you closing your eyes where you are that's great I just want you to do that and if Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning if God has spoken to you like you know where you are with him you know if you're honouring him you know if you're obeying him if you know that he's spoken to you this morning said you've got to sort this out I just ask you to raise your hand where you are No one's going to be looking. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. I want to pray for you guys. Just raise your hands if if God's speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pray. And I trust when you go from here. I want you to talk to each other but I want you to pray also and I want you to ask God to empower and equip you for whatever work and purpose he has for you but I want you to take affirming steps too. I want you to use your faith to step out and volunteer to step out and be involved in a connect group to step out and perhaps speak to your friends at work about who Jesus is and what you did today. Let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you for those who raised their hands this morning. I want to thank you for those who didn't because I know there's so many who are faithfully serving you here at SDBC in the auditorium and those at home too, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you'll allow us to remember this message this morning i pray that you'll allow us to remember that you have moved amongst us you have done a great and mighty work here this morning and by power of holy spirit you have instructed people to take that step lord some may have to repent some may have to ask for forgiveness and turn away from that which they've done but lord all things are possible in you And so, Lord, I pray that not one of these people will fall away, that they will take extra steps to draw closer to you, that each and every one of us will be fully submitted to you, and that, Lord, here at SDBC, we'll see great and mighty things happen as a result. Continue the good work you've commenced, Lord. Continue to unite us as you have done. I pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Looks like Pastor Darrell's going to step up, but before he does, if you raised your hand, I'd love you to come to the front. I don't need to know what Christ said to you, what Holy Spirit said to you, but I'd love to pray for you and just encourage you and build you up in faith. face. So if you raised your hand, if you're not up here, I'm not going to come chasing you, but I'd love the opportunity to pray for you. I'm sure Pastor Darrell would love to pray for you as well. And, uh, but for the rest of you, may the Lord be with you this week. May he just reveal himself to you. May his word come alive to you. May you know the power and presence of Holy Spirit. May it transform your lives to do great and mighty things for him. In Jesus' name. Amen.